When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. Hey, welcome to part two of our interview with Josie Cobb. I'm so excited. Josie is such a great guest, and I'm so happy to be back with part two. This is What Difference Does It Make the Podcast? Let's get into our interview with Josie Cotton. I'm jumping ahead here, but I wanted nope. to ask you about your the, the release, the Ukrainian cowboy and Cold War spy. Yeah. How, how that came to be. I mean, what was the, <laughs> the inspiration for it? Well, it was just, it was uh, songs I had uh, had for a while. I never could quite f- finish them or find the title, and then... Um, I just had this brainstorm uh, when I was uh, trying to finish this song, and it just seemed uh, like I had to change the theme of the song a little bit, just to skew it slightly towards Russia. (laughs) And and, um, I don't know, and I just had this... I had this fantasy of what the video would look like, and um, we made it happen, and it was just really fun. It was... uh, it was just based on my love of history and uh, k- kind of sad country songs and, I guess, weird polkas going on. With yes. It's <laughs> very that, campy. The video is very, very campy. campy. And that, that's what I wanted it because it's a very sad song if you listen to the lyrics. Yeah. But the, I wanted the video to be f- funny and sad. And it's my favorite combination of uh, odd, funny, sad, and, uh, you know, just... Everything contradicting itself. That was my goal. Yes. <laughs> and kind of being super political without saying anything at all. You know, I, <laughs> I didn't make any reference. It was just like the Russian flag and Russian soldiers and <laughs> people being shot and me running in high heels through the snow and stuff. <laughs> Because yeah, you, you wouldn't necessarily get that from the from if you just listened to the song. It right. That isn't what it conjures up. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's but but I I did write it like it was a movie. I mean that's kind of in the Cold War Spy too. That was uh, I'm obs- I've been obsessed with the Stasi's and spies for a while, and I just did a ho- I just was able to research it so much that this song that really didn't have a title it just became all about the you know 1960s in East Berlin and kind of spy uh, dangerous really you know mimicking our time right now in terms of ideas and um and the danger uh, i i was trying to say something uh without being political i just don't see a point but i was trying to say something in that song uh too so I'm glad you heard them it yeah. was a labor of love i'll be back before i'm gone i've been traveling for so long across the For the war, and I 
when I was recording it, I was I was so nervous that no one would like it. I didn't tell anyone, and I didn't even oh, tell my band no, I was man. making a video because I was like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I really have to do this, and so and so it was like shocking to them, like what Russia, what? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I don't know. People, you know, didn't quite get it at first, but then um, I just had to like go through the jungle, you know, without listening to anyone. That was how I was able to do it. And it came out great. It was it was a lot of fun, if you can say that about a, a song with that theme. I mean, the video was, it looked like you were having fun. I, well, I mean, how often can you say The Purge of Stalin in a pop song? That was always like, <laughs> oh, never. So refreshing. <laughs> oh, silliness. So you, you're obviously a fan of like these schlocky B-movies. You have this album, Invasion of the B-Girl. Uh, yes. What movies did you grow up listening or watching these movies? Do you have some favorites or what, what did you, what were you like as a child? Or <laughs> were you, were you locked in a movie <laughs> <Okay>. theater? <laughs> did okay, you watch a lot of movies? This is very therapy like. This <laughs> is like. Yeah, okay. Use us. Yeah. <laughs> to, um, Just relax. I was the weird, I was the weird, like, kid, like the girl in uh, the, uh, in Wednesday in the Adams family. I was, <laughs> I was very like, that girl <laughs> was just alienated, uh, you know, and with a really dark sense of humor. And I watched all these science fiction movies. I loved them. That was that was my escape from the world. I mean, I I didn't wasn't quite introduced to to Russ Myers till thankfully later, but <laughs> but uh, but I, yeah, and I I found great comfort in knowing there were other worlds or. You know that I could fan- at least fantasize and leave this planet, and uh, you know, flying saucer invasion from Mars, invaders from Mars was one of the, my first memories of just flying saucers and everyone in the town being taken over, and this only this one little boy is the only one left, and his even his parents, and they all have this weird staple in their neck, and they're and uh, the police. I mean, it was just I, I think I related to just feeling like an outsider, you know. And then they're taking over the town, and I don't know that appealed to me. And Godzilla, all of that was that was my uh, you know work, field of vision. And then it continued into my adulthood. I I just happen to love the genre, and uh, and it's now it's like it's there's non exploitation. <laughs> there's all kinds. I've expanded. Giallo Italian horror, and I just keep, uh, you know, upping my uh, aesthetic to include like, all, you know, exploitation movies. And, like, I, and all did, that did you say nunsploitation? Yes, that's a that's an actual thing. <laughs> it was in the seventies and the sixties, and there were there were some insane nunsploitation movies that were just like crazy, and they were so good. I. <laughs> That's good to know. We'll have to check and it out. There, this is the first I'm hearing of that. Okay. And then there were women's prisons movies. I don't know mm-hmm. the exact, but but that was a genre in that in that world. And they're great too. You know, it's like you just can't get enough of that crazy world and um, motorcycle girls and all of that. It just appealed to me. I can see why John Waters has uh, taken a shine to you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> why haven't you been in a John Waters movie? Have you? Has that happened? No, we got to make this I, uh, happen. <laughs> I keep asking myself that. How did that not happen? Um, I don't know. He's just he's got his world going on, and 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't even know if he's making movies anymore, but uh, but you did he's a cover. He's doing a lot of performance. He's, yeah. he's doing a lot of you know events. You did a cover of, of Female Trouble, right? I did. So, so that must have been a hoot. <laughs> well, that was a hoot. I mean, um, he asked me, that was supposed to be in the, when it was originally um, released, for when we originally released that, that record, um, he uh, asked me not to put it on because he was doing something with the song with for Divine. So I had to replace that song. And just now on this re-release, we put Female Trouble back on the record. Because uh, I waited a long time, you know, because he asked me, and he, he loved the record. Uh, you know, obviously he wrote the uh, the liner notes, but uh, yeah, that was that felt great to get that out there, and and um, you know, that's another super wonderful song from a crazy movie. I I love all of it, you know. <laughs> and he wrote that song. He wrote uh, he wrote Female Trouble. All right. So speaking of Female Trouble, sort of, you have on your YouTube page your interview with Merv Griffin. And it, oh boy. It, it's very cringy. How do you hold up? I mean, I, was this typical of, of almost how, disturbing? Yeah. Which one are you, are you talking about? Me when I have on the gold hat, or the one where I'm sitting at, on the stage next to Melvin Belli? Yeah, was he the, the creepy older guy? Yes. Oh my God! <laughs> how do you was was this what it was like back then for you? Well, you how, know, it was. Uh, that was a really an odd night because. It was particularly hard for me to watch that because the fighting that was going on backstage before I went on of what I was going to wear, and my two producers going, take off the jacket, put on this jacket, put on this shirt, take off those boots. And and I was trying to do my eye. I had one eye that was done. I had my eyeliner done on one eye, and they put me in this horrible outfit, and I was so uncomfortable, and I just went out, and they just shoved me out on the stage like, hi, Merv, you know, oh. and I was just, you know, one eye was not right in, uh, in this outfit, but, you know, you just try and um, take the moment. And the audience was laughing uh, with stuff I said. They thought I was being funny, and I wasn't, so... That was great because they were all on my the whole audience. Was, ah, ha, ha, and I was like, "What did I say?" And uh, yeah. anyway, but they just thought I was hilarious. But I was I was just trying to you know give an interview, and I, I never understood what they were laughing you were, about. You were so foreign to the Merv Griffin audience. They, I'm sure that they'd never seen anyone under thirty, you know, talk. <laughs> On their but show. there were there were I had fans in the audience. They were all you know, oh, okay. you know enjoying it and and everything and um, yeah. But that was fun. He had a whole world of TV shows. I mean, he had Dance Fever yeah. and, and he had the Rev Griffin Show and a couple other you know ones. He he was he had a whole universe of um, music shows and dance shows. He was an interesting character. You know, he was. <laughs> A different yeah. time, though. We're talking about how the men, you know, how the men sitting next to you were just even the manner of speaking back then. Right. You mean like the uh, the the Melvin Belli, uh, how he was speaking to me? Yeah. I, I, when when you sat down, they said, you know, oh, you could you can sit here. You know, things that might never fly today. Just right. the way they they reacted to you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't pay attention to stuff like that generally but you know just that's probably uh, that was a very odd interview I I can't say I even remember uh, what I was thinking (laughs) I had some odd answers too All right, time to take a break as we continue our talk with Josie Cotton Hello Pantheon Podcast listeners Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Today's What Difference Does It Make podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash WDDIM podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a free title and start listening. It is seriously that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash WDDIM podcast to get started today. Do you have any suggestions? Oh, Anything you might listen to on the, Audible? Oh, okay. I um, uh, let me type on uh, Audible uh, right now, and uh, oh, hey, what look at that! Flea's got an autobiography, and um, about his when he was uh, known as Mike Balzari, and uh, it's called Acid for the Children. He narrates this. Uh, are you an Audible subscriber? I'm not, but I think it's pretty easy, right? What do I need to do? You need to go to audibletrial.com/slash/wddimpodcast. Okay. Welcome back to the What Difference Doesn't Make podcast and our interview with Josie Cotton. Did you know, like my man, when I was started working with my man, well, Randy Phillips was my manager for years, you know, the Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so he asked me, well, how does it feel to be, uh, he, how does it feel to be uh, a, a sex object? That was like, and I said, uh, I guess it's better than not being one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, if there was some you know, slippery slopes there, I, <laughs> I don't think I would answer it the same way now. Did you think about your image or what, like, how do you, how you wanted to present yourself on stage and, and on, you know, on, on your albums and well, videos you know, that, or was this I, just, I say, this uh, is what Josie was, this is who you are and this is what you want. Well, I, I mean, I had so many different personas, um, uh, musically and, uh, kind of, uh, Aesthetically, I, I could have gone so many different directions and music was a lot bigger than just, you know, uh, pop music, uh, girl pop and all that. I didn't quite have the focus that the Payne brothers were able to direct me 
in into uh, focusing something uh, into something that was part of my history and, and love. But you have to at some point you have to focus uh, what the the sound and the look is going to be. You you have to do that, or no one can focus on you. Like if you're like changing into uh, Edith Piaf, and then you're like Tammy <laughs> Wynette, and then you're like you know Brazil '66, and you just have to just uh, not move for a second. And uh, they were able to uh, they were able to focus me in that in that sense. They were hugely aware of of image, and and it wasn't anything I was un- uncomfortable with, but. They were wonderful at it, you know, Bobby and Larson Payne. Did you play the music? Did you do the L.A. music scene? You know, I, I, we, I had different bands, and the thing is Johnny took off so fast, and then we were immediately recording for that six-month period. So the time that I would have gone and, and played, uh, we were just in the studio and then putting the record out. And uh, so I kind of missed um, a lot of live playing that I wish I had been a part of. Yeah. So that must've been hard then when suddenly you have a hit song and you don't have a lot of stage experience. What, well, uh, no, no, I, I, I played in a lot of bands okay. and I, I mean, I, I was on stage when I was three years old in ballet and on production. <laughs> so I, I mean, my, you know, I had a whole ballet background with my father was the ballet instructor and he, mm. and he would throw me on stage. I'd be doing, uh, you know, duets, pas de deux with these little boys and, you know, when I was four and five. So I was really comfortable on stage. I loved being, and that sounds such an awful thing to say. No, I love being all. on stage. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> we want our performers to say yeah. they love being yeah. on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds so, I don't know, but... But uh, I, it was I could be myself on stage, and um, and it wasn't always the case off stage. So that wasn't the pro- problem with me. Was what happened when I went got off stage, basically. So that you know you create a, a world, and um, and that's a safe place. So, but uh, so yeah, I, I felt confident as a as a performer always, no matter you know what what the venue uh, was. And it, that answers your question. Yeah. ask about the period of time after the 80s like the the 90s and the the early 2000s you kind of I I had read in an interview somewhere that you had sort of not dropped out I I think it talked about changing you know you changed the spelling of your name for a while kind of um and did you drop out of the music scene yeah I dropped out in the sense that I I knew I didn't want to be in major labels anymore and I knew I wanted to be the one in control of, of what I was going to do and the music I was going to do, I didn't do well in that. Uh, I, I didn't uh, breed well in captivity. <laughs> like I was, uh, I was someone who just, I just was not, you know, uh, going to survive in, in that world. So I knew that I um, wanted to keep doing music. So we started, a, my boyfriend and I started a recording studio. And so we, we, um, we were recording other bands, Gaza X. Uh, he was, uh, 
you know, my, my partner at that time. And so we, uh, I was, uh, I was writing and we were recording all these very cool bands and, and it was always in our house and I would, you know, make a record and then, and then the, you know, the idea of, of going out and putting it out on a label was just so painful to me. I was just like, Oh, let's just start the next record. <laughs> I was just, so I was just compiling all these recordings and I, um, uh, I had cold feet about the music business. Honestly, mm-hmm. I I would just I just kept making them once in a while. I put them out, and uh, just because you make a re- it, you make a record, unless it goes out, no one's really heard it. it you mm-hmm. can't just make re- tapes. You know, you have to. And I would just throw it out there. So now we're we're going back and trying to collect all my wayward uh, children and uh, <laughs> re-release them because <laughs> they were it was all crazy with people the wrong people were selling them and they were you know there was some mischief going on on the internet yeah. when you say get it out there how were you getting it out there well I, I, we we had a record label and we would put it out there and we would get it in stores and um and no one knew about it because it, it was just i didn't it was kind of not really wanting to be known i would just go you know, very, you know, my heart wasn't in just being out in the public. I just, uh, in terms of uh, rec- major record label kind of presence. So I did disappear, I, uh, but I was always doing music, and I was always around me. I love being around people who, who have dreams like that, and um, I didn't want to shatter their dreams, but I, you know, I just, I just love the music process. I love being in a studio and and writing and being in band, I just love all of that. So uh, it was it was always in my house, you know, recording studio. Well, now it's not in my house, but I still have a recording studio. Yeah, uh, Kitten Robot Studios. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, we have it's in Filipino Town, right? Kitten yeah. Robot, perfect. What? Yeah. So what flipped the switch then to say? I mean, you you've been before this all pandemic happened. You you were playing around a lot. You were on like the, oh, yeah. you know those those shows. What happened to say I? I you know, I want to, I want to play on stage. I want to, I want to present my well, music. I, mean, I, I would do, I, I mean, I've been doing it and then I would just disappear and I would just, I'd come out, but this last go around, um, it happened because of, um, just basically the crew of people I, I have at uh, our label. We, um, we just have like the perfect organization of, uh, characters. <laughs> I don't know. They're, yeah. they're all so, such good friends of mine and so competent. And I trust they all have my back, and and they're sane. Those, those are some new <laughs> factors I figured in. Like they're sane, what? And they're they have my back? No, even like all this wonderful uh, and just super creative and with backgrounds in the music business. And you know, Bruce Duff is my manager. Paul Rossler is my partner. And um, uh, you know, in our in this whole uh, you know our studio and our and our label now. So it's just it, when you have the right people. It's just amazing how much how much different it is to be in the world and uh, and have it organized and you know it's wonderful feeling. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it takes a whole lifetime to find your your team, your people. Yeah. <laughs> like at the last, I mean, I mean, like at the last minute, I'm finding like <laughs> this uh, wonderful uh, experience. But I, I'm I'm having a great time. People seem really happy. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm I'm back on the radar and and the, and there's. There's such a love for this convertible music record. It's 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 really, it feels wonderful to be putting that out, and it was, I guess, an important record for people in that in that era. So it feels wonderful to to uh, get the you know all the love I'm getting is 
quite incredible. Deserved. It is a great, it's a great album. Yeah. Great Thank record, you. however we refer to those now. Yeah. 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 Record <laughs> albums. Yeah. Actually, we we got to you because one your Melanie, the the keyboard the keyboardist in your band. Yes, um, we talked with her, and she's like, "Oh, you have to talk to Josie. She's amazing. I can't believe we never uh, I've I've never played with her before, but we hooked up. You know, we're, we get along oh, we so had well. The best time. Yeah. She. I mean, what an honor to have her in the band. I mean, it was you know just amazing shows we we uh, we did in on the East Coast, and we were supposed to do a tour and of New York and uh, all Philly and all that area. And then, you know, the pandemic, but, but she, we had the best time. Um, my bass player, uh, Cherish Alexander and Melanie and I were like the, we were, I don't know, we were like Charlie's angels or something. We were just, <laughs> she <laughs> we said, were, yeah. <laughs> it was so fun to just really, I don't know, it was just a lot of girl energy. It was uh just the best time, and uh, she's always welcome in my world. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah. That's so nice. And don't I heard you just said something about it, but finding this at the last at the last minute, as if it's late in life. Hopefully, yeah. there's music for years to come. Well, I I mean, <laughs> I, if uh, if it's any indication, I'm just writing so many songs now. So that's uh, my favorite thing in the world. So we'll see what how it all turns out. Well, it's not over yet. That's right. Yeah, you, you posted something on Instagram saying uh, start a new album, and it's, I follow your Instagram. I'm very religious. Oh, about you do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, you you said you're starting a new album. It's making uh, it's very Josie saying the songs are strange. My dreams are stranger. <laughs> I might be turning into an insect. Yes. <laughs> what is going on, Josie? Please. <laughs> well. I don't know. I mean, I, I've read a lot of Franz Kafka, and uh, I just, <laughs> oh, say no more. Uh, yeah. So uh, those are my reference points. You just go up and down, and in kind of. Uh, I mean, some days don't you feel like uh, are a little more darker than others, and then some days you pop out and you go, oh, okay, and then you go, oh no. <laughs> and I'm just on that roller coaster of so. Um, the the creativity is is uh, taking me into another another realm. I don't know what's happening, but I'm just fo- trying to follow it and, and not judge it too harshly because it's it's writing itself at this point. So it's a great place to be. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it it is a good one. <laughs> I think that's what we're all trying to do now, right? Is just accept. You know, every day every day is you're going to feel a little bit differently, and just go with it. Yeah, it's it, you become very philosophical mm-hmm. uh, at some point. You have to. This is it's a caveat of always. You know, are you doing like you were saying in the beginning? Are you doing good? I'm doing good considering. It's always there's always that caveat now, like considering. <laughs> yeah. 
exactly. I hope we get to the place where we can eliminate the considering. We shouldn't feel bad saying if we, if we happen to be feeling really great one day, we shouldn't feel funny saying that it's okay, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, Convertible Music is out now on all streaming yeah. services. Uh, soon the uh, the vinyl will be out with a with a new song, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so well, that- the digital has a new has the, it's it's not a new song. It was the B side of Johnny, Are You Queer? But a lot of people never heard that. Let's do the blackout. <laughs> Let's do. <it. laughs> okay. That sounds very suspicious. for the time. It's yeah. of the time. <laughs> Yes, we're all going to black out. I, I feel yeah. like I want to do the blackout sometimes. Okay. well, then. <laughs> I think we were there in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we survived the 80s, so we'll, we'll survive this too. We're still here, yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on owning your music, getting your children back. Yes. And um, it, it's it's great. I, I'm going, I look forward to hearing more and more from you. I encourage Thank everyone you. to follow Josie on her Instagram because it's <laughs> it's colorful and fun and um, just uh, I'll look for you. I I, I, remember, I you know I, I've seen your name. I just didn't really realize you know you were this guy. <laughs> but I, you can put a name with a face now. Yeah. Now I can. Yeah, it helps. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Josie. This was a lot of thank fun. Thank you. Anyway, you guys are just great, and um, I I um, hope to talk to you again. It was fun. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Thank you so much. It was thank such a pleasure. Look forward to seeing Perfect. you out on the road, right? Yes. Yes. Some, like, not hopefully not running down the road. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop for you if we see you. Please do. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. That was wonderful. Thank you. Right. Bye. 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 All right, so that's our episode with Josie Cotton. I had a great time. She's amazing. Don't you love her? That was so fun. She is a great guest. She's so interesting and fun. The, the music is bubbly, and so is her personality, and uh, she's uh, she's the real deal. I love her. She is. That was, she was everything you could possibly want and more. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did enjoy it, please give us five stars. Give us great reviews. Tell your friends. How do you do that, Holly? Or just tell us. You can tweet us at WDDIM Podcast. You can tell us on Instagram at WDDIM Podcast. Or you can comment on Facebook and tell us what you think. We have a nice following on Facebook, so please join us on Facebook. And sign up for our newsletter, WDDIMpodcast.com. So until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.